All right, howdy. Welcome back to Windley Mania, the greatest podcast you never heard of. Brought to you by the greatest band that you've never heard of, that band being Windley. You have to follow at Windley underscore band for all the Windley things and the world of Windley because Windley till you Windloo. What? I don't know. I'm the best in the world, Andrew Ridener. With me as always, man's best friend, Devin Hopkins. Could say it's Windley, not Loosely. Yeah. We're all winners here. We're all winners Number here. Number ones. Number ones. Champions. Great A guys. How, hey, Devin, how are you doing? Pretty good. You look exhausted. Uh, you walked in here. You you said, hey. <laughs> I, was like, I was actually walking up. Boy. I was going, uh. Yeah, yeah. I could hear it. You sound like a zombie. I saw a thing where uh, the race car driver, uh, Kale Yarborough, he would just make course, race, race car noises while he was driving. He would just really? be like driving, and like you could just hear him going. Ehh. I feel like that's <laughs> not necessarily needed, considering there's a very loud engine. Maybe like, he hyped him up <laughs> a, a, a few feet behind them, right? Aren't those uh, stock cars the engines like towards the back? I think uh, you know. Oh, you watched that documentary series? Yeah. So they didn't talk as much about the how to build a stock how, car. How to build the stock? They're all built this to the same spec, regardless of the make nowadays. Really? Like because it's like Chevy, um, Toyota, and Ford or something. Wow. And they're all built to the same spec. Yeah. So it's an even playing field. Yeah. It's I, all I up to the driver. I wonder how they used to do it. Was it? Do you know? Why are we talking about NASCAR? I don't know because well, I you we were talking about noises that I was making oh, and it reminded sure. me of the thing where I saw where Kale Yarbrough did. Yeah, that. I remember when Tony Stewart started driving that Toyota. Man, he got a bunch of wrecks. Oh yeah, like, that thing was fast, but you know he didn't have no handling on that son of a bitch. And then one of them Japanese vehicles. There's yeah. an Instagram account that just posts like the like what they what you what they're saying to like the pit like the crew chiefs and stuff and it's really funny well, i need gas i need gas yeah there's one where it's kurt bush and he's just like fuck fuck i hate my fucking job he's like wrecking <laughs> he's like i hate my fucking job i mean oh jesus christ uh you're not really uh you know you're not out there like breaking bricks or anything you know yeah breaking rocks rather you know you're not you're just kind of well first of all you're sitting down so that's already like you're driving better a two hundred mile jobs. per hour rocket for like three hours. So that's got to be exhausting. Yeah, you get a nice cold bottle of Coca Cola afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like so. any sport, that's like the that's what you get when you've after a big game. Yeah, I like to thank Coca Cola for this hat. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're not alone here in the storage unit, of course. Uh, we have returning returning guest uh, <laughs> Daniel. Sorry. Four-time world champion. Four times now, huh? Four times four now. Times, yeah. yeah, so, you know, the thing was, the, the, this is this is an episode for the real Winley Maniacs, all right? <laughs> this, is gonna, this is one for the freaks, because, yeah. you know, Daniel's been on here. We usually talk about, uh, well, we talked about movies that one time. And then the next time he came on, we also talked about movies. Well, yeah. you weren't there for that one. You were oh. on tour with Tornaforte. That's right. Yeah. I got my, I got my visits mixed up, because yeah. I thought you were on there another time before that. Yeah. And then after that, we talked about movies. Yeah. We, and this one's a little bit different. Yeah, but we're going really. to shake it up a little bit. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, movies. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, now, you might be asking, why do they talk? Why do you, Why are we talking about movies so much? Why, why, do we, why is this every week 
Daniel just on here with you guys just talking about movies. Like, what is this podcast? Some some days you got people like Michael Wood talking about like the history of Myrtle Beach music scene. Some days you got like the feeble wiener guy talking about like, you know, a lot of the stuff. touring situation. <laughs> yeah, a lot of stuff, first yeah. of all. But you know, all sorts of different things. But now we and then we did like you know, like wrestling and like what is what's going what the fuck is going on? You know what? I don't know, man. That's why it's a mania. You know, it's it's a mania, that's for sure. It's fucking wild out there, dog. You know, Winley Mania is running wild. So we're running wild every, on you every Tuesday. Just kind of doing whatever I, I I feel like it. But I understand this one. You know, you might want to like you know exit out. Don't want to listen to it. Then shame on you. But uh, you know, don't exit out yet. You got something to tell them. Uh, yeah. Well, absolutely. Uh, I, I know a lot of people like going to the Myrtle Beach shows. You have to follow at Myrtle Beach shows for all the shows that go on at Myrtle Beach. There's a lot of shows that go on at Myrtle Beach, but there's nothing like a Myrtle Beach shows. And I have a fresh updated flyer that i would like to share with you guys Please now of course uh, the months are uh printed uh poorly as in they are not printed on here at all so i will try my best to um identify which month is which yes so again you have to follow at myrtle beach shows we got a lot of shows holy shit a lot of holy shows. shows like pretty much almost every fucking week for the most part so if you know you like music you know fucking come yeah absolutely and then also go to the shows yes <laughs> um so uh march 9th uh this uh fragile life records put on a little uh, thing it's got moved to fresh brewed coffee house so it's crypt grimjaw denounced dis- disgraced and coffin slide and then uh over at the brick house lounge on march 23rd is the turn of forte uh record release show with convalescent Equal creatures and our pals clean, clean sweep. sweep, clean, so sweet. March twenty third at Brickhouse Lounge, and then last week, of course, we were joined by the legendary Ocala, and they'll be playing with Schwick Potter. Uh, that's a good name. Busted Radio and a Brevity over at uh, Fresh Brewed Coffee House, March thirtieth, and then moving on to April, another Fragile Life record. Brian's been putting together some. He's really- got like a few of them. Interesting shows here. So uh, April 6th, Candescent, Hollow God, Warning Order, and Split in Two at Arcadia Studios. And then uh, this one I just saw today for the first time. April 13th, Arcadia Studios, Bean God, Frank the Frog, Bisky Christ, and uh, Sub X39. And then uh, April 19th, Elder Bright. Which we've talked to Elder, right? Yeah. Uh, blank slate, blank slate, and rosary at Fresh Brewed Coffee House, uh, April twenty eighth. Orange Doors is playing that one too. I'm pretty sure. Well, how about that? Yeah. April twenty eighth, Out of Time, Good Good Grief, Middle Tooth, and uh, Spike Baby. I thought I told y'all about that. All right. Well, we're playing uh, <laughs> April twenty eighth at Arcadia Surprise. Studios. Bay Street's playing too, and Bay Street from Florida. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, uh, May eighteenth, the first local show of the year for Hymns of Blasphemy <laughs> uh, with a uh, corrupt faith. This is a big show right here. Jesus Christ. Let me, let's read this off again. Hymns of Blasphemy, corrupt faith, death tax, call to harm, and cherry vanilla at Arcadia Studios, and then finally. Uh, May 25th at Arcadia Studios, another Fragile Life show. Team Deathmatch, Kill Card, Jiu-Jitsu, and Chain. So, of course, those are all around the 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock range, all around $10, except the Turn of Forte show. show. I think you have to, you can get 
They're on GetRightLive.com. We okay. went directly through the Get. There's no fee, to my knowledge, yeah. to buy a ticket through Get. It's a very minimal fee. So, so of course, what a weird format. We did the banter and then we did the shows. Yes, you know, it's kind of mm-hmm. kind of throws me off. Now I feel like wrapping it up. Yeah, that's all, right, all we got. Tonight. No, yeah. that's not all we got. I wanted to do that just because it's <laughs> for the real freaks. All right. Yeah, the real ma- maniacs out there. The real Willie maniacs. Because uh, you know. What we did today, folks, is, of course, Daniel's been on the show to talk about movies. Uh, in general, we did the one where we just talked about movies. movies. and We made our picks of movies that sort of uh, represent uh, the decade in our eyes. Different decades, of course. Uh, then we did uh, Tiptoes and The Other Sister, both terrible movies. But now we're kind of like, this is sort of like... Um, evening the balancing the scales once again because this time we decided that we wanted to watch good stuff that we all liked but wanted to share with each other so what we did was all recommended movies to each other Mm -hmm. to watch yes that we had never seen and uh you know I don't really know how to get into this because it's there's we got what six movies I think yeah yes so why don't we go through and say which ones we recommended to each other sure sure so I recommended Tokyo Drifter to Devon. Which then, I thought was a very strange choice, but uh, interesting. I've heard you talk about it. I've talked about it before. It's great. Um, but we'll let Devin talk about it because he had to watch it. You want me to go now or are we going to we gonna go? Uh, well, let's go around first. All right, let's go around And then first. I okay. suggested to Andrew Chunking Express because he has expressed interest. That's <laughs> true. In watching a Wong Kar Wai movie. Are you sure it's not because he's Chunking? <laughs> And you put your pants back, Mom. I don't know that that there's someone gets handed a plate of uh, pork pork barbecue pork, rice. Pork. Yeah, it looks really good. Yeah, it's, talking so, delicious. I bet. Yeah. All right. Um, I I recommended uh, for uh, Devin to watch John Woo's Face Off, mm-hmm. starring Nicolas Cage and John Travolta. And for uh, for Daniel here, I recommended uh, the uh, Kiyoshi Kurosawa's uh, Cure. Which is a uh, Japanese uh, psychological thriller. It's like he knows me so well. Picture. So, yeah. And then uh, Devin. Uh, for Daniel, I recommended Marked for Death, <laughs> the Steven Seagal film. I don't know who directed it, but Steven Seagal. It doesn't in matter. It. Doesn't matter. I think he probably had a hand in directing it. <laughs> and for Andrew, I recommended Dude, Where's My Car, <laughs> the Sean William Scott, Ashton Kutcher film from, I think, 2000, 2000 or 2001. 2000, yeah. But uh, I, I've never seen it. I, that's why I knew you were at one point going through a lot of those early 2000s comedies. Because you're like, I never watched any of these. I was like, I, yeah. I bet he hadn't seen this. It's a blockbuster stuff. classic. <laughs> I like I, And they're both movies I enjoy for yeah. for different reasons. I guess I'll get into why like yeah. when we get to it. But I guess we should decide. I mean, who wants to go first as far as like, uh, you know. Movies? Well, yeah. why didn't, Devin, why don't you oh, go first yeah, since Devin, you volunteered? Why don't you go first about your... Okay. About your picks. I'll start with Face Off. Face Off. What a great, what a great film. What an amazing, <laughs> what an insane film. film. Oh, oh, I was gonna do this for our, our listeners at home, just in case. A little plot description. Oh yes, of of, of uh, Face Off. This is according to uh, uh, IMDb. So um, to foil a terrorist plot, FBI agent Sean Archer, played by John Travolta assumes the identity of the criminal Caster Troy, played by Nicolas Cage, who murdered his son through facial transplant surgery. No, he didn't murder his son that way, no. but yeah. <laughs> uh, but the crook wakes up prematurely and vows revenge. So, essentially, uh, John Travolta is an FBI agent. Nicolas Cage is a fucking criminal mastermind 
insano yeah. guy and they switch faces <laughs> and and apparently it's the only way they can they can solve this crime yeah it's, it's, it was like at one point john travolta's like why don't i just like interrogate them they said nah you can't do you can't do that he this won't break the, he this, won't break he won't break this is the only thing we can do and so they you know put him under the knife and they they take his face off and put nicholas cage's face on yeah so the whole movie they're playing like each other in a weird sense yeah well there's like two very established characters in that you know the original travolta character is this very he's very timid and timid just like, yeah. yeah uh and you know still mourning the loss of his very young son yeah. uh definitely like a workaholic and nicholas cage is this like you know uh explosive you know unpredictable bipolar bipolar maniac guy. yeah and then they switch and it's like they do such a good like both of them do such like a great job because they do like establish very like specific ticks and like speech patterns. Yes. And they both kind of just like switch that. And uh I kind of feel like Nicolas Cage does like the better job. Like to me, he's oh, a little he's a little more believable as the, the as John Travolta in his body. Yeah. And then John Travolta is a little more Believe it or not, a little more hammy than Nicolas Cage as like the as the crazy the villain. villain. Even though a lot of the shit is like they does is insane. Just yeah. like the, I got lost in it. I thought they for a minute. I thought they actually switched bodies. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> like, very believable. For yeah, like, like, yeah. I'm in. I'm into uh, it. There's a lot of great lines. The fucking uh, uh, like watch your shut the fuck up. Watch your fucking mouth. <laughs> and then there's like the uh, uh man. What's the one he's got the gun to his face and he's like, uh, he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot what he says yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. But there's also a sequence at the beginning where <laughs> Nicolas Cage is just oh, as the oh, assaulting a choir girl. Yeah. yeah. He's like dancing through the because he's he, it starts the movie. He's setting up his yeah. bomb in like a convention center and, and there's he's a dressed qu- as a priest for yeah. some reason. Yeah, they, they maybe just for fun. But he just Halloween. he sets it all up, and then there's a choir singing, and he in just in the airport in the air as like airport or a convention center or something. Yeah. But like he just starts dancing around. At one point, he like squats and does like the headbang, like yeah. the yeah. the windmill yeah, headbang, yeah, yeah. and then he goes and gropes a choir girl and just starts singing Hallelujah, yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. I could eat a peach for hours. I could yeah. eat a peach for hours. So, so Dan, what, what, have you seen this movie before? I, I have seen Face Off. How do you how do you like it? I love Face. I love Face Off. I'm a big John Woo fan. Yeah. Um. That I think Face Off is like the first one where he came over to America to make a movie. Um. When did Mission Impossible Two come out? No, was that later. Was that before? No, that, that was that was after. That was after. Okay. Um. Mission Impossible Two. Famously, people didn't like famously it. not good. Famously not good. I still kind of caught that one. I, I still kind of like it. Okay. The, there's an insane plot point in that movie where they have like like micro explosives in their bodies. It's right. weird. Anyways, but he did the killer and City on Fire and um, hard boiled. Hard boiled. Yes, which is an incredible. He did all these. He he was known for these insane action sequences. Like, the kind of stuff that, like, when you think of, like, you know, unrealistic action sequence, like, guns that for some reason have 9,000 bullets in them until it's a dramatic moment for him to have to reload. <laughs> Jumping around and, like, yeah. flying across Rolling the for no reason. Pigeons. Yes. Or a lot doves, of pigeons. Doves, doves, doves. Yeah. White birds. There yeah. was doves in this movie. Yes, yes. there was. Yeah. 
Yeah. And there were a lot of uh, slow mo, like dramatic cuts for no reason. Like yeah. they would just like he would like. This wasn't an exact moment, but just picture like someone handing over a piece of paper to somebody. They would focus in on that movement and just just slow mo. Yeah. So I mean, this <laughs> was a this effect. was a movie like when I feel like when when Blu rays really started picking up and like just being everywhere. Um, my stepdad is like very much into the. Well, it was like part of his job for like a long time was like being on top of like home entertainment. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when we got like our first Blu-ray player and a bunch of Blu-rays, for some reason he was like picking up like just Nicolas Cage movies, but like not like leaving Las Vegas or anything like <laughs> anything or, or uh, raising Arizona or anything, anything you think of as like, wow, that anything would... like really good. It was just like it was like. Bangkok Dangerous yeah. signs. Uh, knowing, I think, was one. Oh, knowing, yeah, knowing. Uh, and then, but Face Off was in the mix as well, and like that was like out of all the movies, like that movie's just so f- it's so fun. They don't make them ridiculous. They don't make they don't make they don't make them. Oh, the, we didn't even mention the prison. The whole prison sequence. Yeah, is like, I really. That's the same boots from the Super Mario movie, by the way. Are they actually that the Goombas wear? <laughs> and I would funny. love a toy of Nicolas Cage in the prison outfit from Face Off with as the a boots. Goomba. Maybe not as a Goomba, but as a, a Goomba. that character. Um, so Devin, why? I mean, what? How did you feel about it? Did you? Are you glad you watched it? I am glad I watched it after making the. You referenced it all the time, just like oh, like in that movie Face Off. Yeah, yeah. Because I think that was like a Family Guy bit. Oh yeah, like huh. Face Off. Yeah. yeah. And I never watched it. Yeah, like I, never, I want to take his yeah. face. Any highlights? Uh, the whole film. The whole film. <laughs> the whole film is a highlight. Kind of like the part where he's like half cucking. Yeah, John Travolta. Oh yeah, yeah, that was funny. He's like, I'm gonna fuck your wife. <laughs> he's like, oh, when he when he like re- there's like, hey, you've got a visitor, and like the reveal that yeah, he's yeah. back, and he's yeah. like, oh yeah, and. They somehow innocent. all caught on fire. He was yeah. like fucking innocent wise. I meant make love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, and him beating the shit out of like the daughter's boyfriend. Oh, oh that, yeah. That was. I was like, damn. Like, yeah. it shows like it shows them trying to be like good. Like, oh, they're still good guys. Like, because it shows him like protect that one kid. Mm-hmm. Which that was the weirdest thing at the end. It's like. I have someone you guys want to meet. It's like I got you a new, I got us a new brother. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I was like, what? Excuse <laughs> me. Excuse me. It was the yeah, it was the one girl. It was his like Castor Troy's son, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And he just like adopted him when yeah. he switched because you know we found another surgeon. We can reverse it. Yeah. And they they fixed him. They got him back in the right yeah. body. And they he's like, I brought home another kid. You guys want him? Because it looked like his dead yeah. son. And he connected. with And his him. wife was like, Yeah. Sure. Yeah. He asked. Bizarre. He asked his daughter first. He's like, yeah. Mm, yeah. "You show him to his room," and then that was it. The movie happy ending. Like, happy ending. Yeah, happy so, ending. Glad that you liked it. So, what I was it. what was the other one you had to watch? Tokyo Drifter. Tokyo, Tokyo Drifter, Drifter. Of course. This one was not. You know, it's 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 removed from the rest of the Fast and Furious movies. <laughs> um, it's not exactly in the right <laughs> chronological um, order. It would have um, been a really great bit for you to come in here and just start talking about Tokyo Drift. As if that was the one that I. So what uh, do you mean? This is what, the, what do you mean bit? <laughs> Let me do a, a plot. <laughs> uh, in case you haven't seen Tokyo Drifter from 1966, after in, his, in case you haven't seen this <laughs> Japanese, Japanese movie from the 60s. 60s. Oh, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> 
After his gang disbands, a Yakuza enforcer looks forward to life outside of organized crime, but soon must become a drifter after his old rivals attempt to assassinate him. So, uh, uh, Daniel, I mean, this was your recommendation to him. How do you feel about this? I haven't seen Tokyo Drifter in a very long time. I love this movie. Yeah. I think it's really good. Um, I think... If you watch it now, there may be some kind of like, oh, it's not quite as action-y as I was like. It's from the 60s, right? But I will say the one thing that really sells me on this movie, and I, I like this a lot about a lot of Japanese movies, is that the like costume design is like on fucking point. Like All the people who are in the movie just look fucking incredible. I saw your uh, Letterboxd review of it and said like, these guys have some awesome fucking coats. Yeah, <laughs> I was expecting to see like a three paragraph dissertation of the film, because like I, I guess I looked I looked it up because yeah. I was gonna log it. But I saw that you had watched it. You're the only person. I only follow like ten people on yeah. there, but like you were on there. I was like, oh, what did Daniel have to say about it? these fucking people? Have some awesome coats. <laughs> these people are dripped out, which they are. They are. Uh, I enjoyed it. I'm not like. I watched some of like the some I've watched a few like foreign films. Yeah. Um I sometimes have a hard time focusing when I have to read for a long time. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Uh so Thankfully I did, there's did, not like a ton of reading in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's like engage I thought it was like a pretty engaging no, it too. Was, it was good. Like, as far yeah, as yeah, the, a lot of great like colors. Yeah, yeah, like when it switches from black and white to color at the beginning yeah, and then yeah. the colors pop even more. Uh the oh. set the sets were cool too. I yeah. felt like it it looked like it was on like a like a game show like yeah, set yeah, yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. There was the um like the uh like the, the restaurant or the bar yeah, the they club. were in the club yeah yeah uh what was the club called it was, like, it was club like i can't even remember it had a funny name it did have a funny but there's like you had the club and it's like all white mm-hmm. and you're like this is like really clean and sterile and there's just like a fucking piano like that's the only thing in there is like some tables and a fucking piano mm-hmm. because the girl was like a singer and they yeah that was cool too it just kept cutting to like the song which i believe yeah. might have just been called tokyo drifter and it just kind of yeah. reminded you of what was going on he's a guy he's in tokyo yeah. he's got to go far away yeah because He's gonna get got, yeah, and pretty much. Song, right? <laughs> but he also <laughs> whistles. It, it like breaks yeah, the fourth wall because he whistles yeah. his own theme yeah, throughout the movie. He, does. he whistles which is, his own theme song, which is really fucking just like I don't know. I I find that really funny. But also they had the bar that he goes to in the other city. I, I can't. Remember, I think it's Osaka. Or, no, it's another city where he drifts to, where he like meets the other guy. He, he Tokyo like, drifts to. He Tokyo drifts to. The, his like mentorish guy with the guy with the green jacket. Yeah, but like the bar that that guy has, like, have you, I'm assuming y'all have seen Airplane, right? Yes. yes. You know the like bar scene that they do in there where he's like <laughs> dancing with her. Yeah. And it's like you know, it's like a bar like that, like mm-hmm. ex full of expats and stuff, which is kind of weird, but it's very funny. Um, but like the shootout scenes are really good. I mean, there's a little bit of melodrama with like his old boss and stuff like that. Um. But, like, other than that, yeah, they're just fucking dressed to the fucking nines. <laughs> Tens. Nines. I can't remember what that is. Nine and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Anything that you remember that you particularly like? The fact that the guys had swords. Swords. <laughs> no, yeah, there was the one scene where they just, like, stormed the fucking, like, the palace or whatever. Yeah. And then they just all, like, got lit up and they started running away. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, oh, shit. Because they all had swords. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they were like, ah! ah! <laughs> Nah, it's a great movie. I dug it. It was it was a fun watch. Yeah, and it was only like an hour and twenty too. So yeah, it's not was, very it's long. Very, it's pretty very easy watch. Paced very well. Yeah. Oh. So Daniel, 
All right. What about uh? What about you? What did you have to watch again? So the movies I had to watch were Cure by Kurosawa, Kiyoshi Kurosawa, yeah, no relation a, yeah. to Akira, right? Kurosawa, which you know he's um, and I had actually been. I had seen Seance before, which is another movie by him, and had been meaning to kind of get into his oeuvre, because um, I've heard good things. Uh, he's more of a like thriller-slash-horror director from Japan. Um, Pol- well, he used to do softcore porn. I read that. That's what he started off. But I watched I'm, that. I watched that. I was <laughs> yeah. in that. Um, no, but he had another movie, I think Andrew mentioned, called Pulse, that yeah. Andrew's watched that I've been meaning to watch. Is that a softcore? <laughs> No, it sounds like <laughs> one, though. Yeah, but I wish. No, but, uh, 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 um, no, but Cure, I mean, Cure's got some softcore elements to it, you know? A couple hookers, a lot of, some tits, you yeah. know? But, uh, um, the, may I do the plot? Yeah, sure. Uh, a frustrated detective deals with the case of several gruesome murders committed by people who have no recollection of what they've done. That leaves out a lot, but, uh, it leaves out a lot. Um, because the murderer, of course, uh, is a, uh, hypnotist. Yes. Um, the, you know, I think Andrew just knows me really. I've talked to Andrew before about it, but I like really contemplative movies, and this is very much. Um, I feel like there's two types of Japanese movies that I've watched. There's like all these super batshit insane where the action never stops and it's just fucking crazy. Like some of the Godzilla movies, um, uh, eighty thousand or Electric Dragon eighty thousand volts, and then like a lot of stuff where like it's really crazy all the time and all very inventive, and then you get these really like contemplative, philosophical, slow sort of like you know um, movies where you kind of like kind of sit there and think about it. And Cure is definitely the second type. Um, I really enjoyed it. I think there's some beautiful shots in the movie. Yeah, it looks great. Um, it just looks amazing, um, especially when he gets to the warehouse at the end before the other... Uh, I'm trying to remember his name, the killer's name. I don't remember their names particularly. No. Um, I know the the detective's name is like Takabe, mm-hmm. um, but... The killer before he killer gets there, the detective is sitting there, and there's this scene where he's sitting there with this phonograph just in this room, and it's so pretty, um, and it's just beautifully shot. But the can you ice me dog, yeah, I'll ice you dog. Dude, can you ice me, dude? I'll I ice you dog. Trying to get ice, dude. <laughs> um, thanks, thanks, dude. We're drinking Milwaukee's uh, best ice in yeah. honor of Corey. Obviously, he's not dead or anything. He's, he's not, not dead. He's just, just you know, he's just probably think, he's probably drinking some. He's probably yeah, in you know, in solidarity. <laughs> um, but. Um, it's kind of, it's not long. It's only like an hour and, I want to say it's like an hour and 50, hour and 40. Something like that, yeah. Something like that. It's not super long, but it's um, kind of slow and quiet and contemplative. Um, the detective has a wife who has mental issues, um, and he, as he kind of goes down this rabbit hole following this killer, he starts having like these kind of like daydreams or like visions of bad things happening. He sends his wife off to a um, psych hospital, essentially. But um, it's kind of, it's a pretty inventive um, take on like a detective slash killer movie. I can't think of anything else that has really gone through that. There's a movie actually that I've watched called, um, oh shoot, what's it called? It's not August in the Water. I'll I'll think of it later, but there's another... um, Japanese detective movie that kind of follows this same sort of theme. But um, I was thinking about this movie for a little while after I watched it. Um, 
just kind of contemplating because the ending is not particular. It's not it's ambiguous. It's a little ambiguous, but yeah. you kind of. Th- I mean, I think most people kind of come to the same conclusion that the detective has taken over the role of the original hypnotist killer, um, because the hypnotist killer, like, was. Uh, like a uh, apostle of this other mesmerist from Japan. Uh, I can't remember the name of him, but it's mostly like a. It's almost like a, if you've seen It Follows. I have. Yeah, um, it's a horror movie in which a monster. It's like a sexually transmitted disease, yeah. and whoever has the most recent is the most recent line of having sex with the person who has the disease is the one the monster goes after, and the monster works backwards. Um, but it's almost kind of like that where like, you know, when you become like when you hear this tape or not tape, but like this, the original mesmerist, you become the new killer essentially at the end is kind of what it implies. Um, so I thought it was really good. I really enjoyed it. Um, it kind of reminded me of some, uh, Taiwanese new wave movies that I really like. Mm. Um, Neon, so the rebel God and most of Chamin Long stuff. So, uh, yeah, to me, I, I like. I see it classified almost as a horror movie, but it's it's not. It's more of a thriller. Thriller, but it's not really like when you think of it. Th- I feel like when people think of thrillers, they think of like something that kind of ramps up every time. I feel like it gets it the the stakes like increase as far as you the know. The stakes him. increase, but I never really felt tense. Hmm. More like enraptured. I mean, there's some tense moments where he's, yeah. he's you know, alone, you know, the main guy alone in the room with someone. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the interesting about thing about that is, like, all these people he's alone in the room with are just sort of uh, uh, regular people with, like, on the surface level, just, like, very normal, basic lives yeah. and jobs. And, and uh, it's kind of like, I, I don't know, like, what kurosawa was like because with 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 pulse like the theme and what he's trying to talk about there is is very like uh uh, it's easy to like pick up on because it's just like in your face as far as his feelings on uh technology and the internet um but i feel like there you could kind of like stretch this as to like you know um being concerned with you know, like Western modernism or, yeah. you know, during the nineties of that time, there was the, like, uh, the, the, like the financial crisis yeah. and, um, sort of the things that were, that were going on in the world and, uh, you know, trying to uh, find a cure to these yes. things. Yeah. It's kind of like what, uh, I got more I of a, like yeah. Like I kind of got like a more of a, like people turning towards occultism, right? Like occult beliefs or, Things like that. I mean, obviously, because it's hypnotism, so there's like that. But I got more of a like the horror is supposed like when people classify as a horror, it comes from like the like fear of like you know occultist beliefs or like ritual and like spreading your own personal not even beliefs, but like your own personal doctrine upon other people. Um, I kind of want to watch it again. Oh yeah, and watch Pulse too, and then watch Pulse. Yeah, yeah. Seance. Pulse, is really- uh, I should mention that Pulse has, fr- uh, at least in my opinion, like one of the greatest like supernatural scenes. 
Hmm. Um, uh, I guess when you watch it, you'll see maybe, and maybe, I don't know. I guess it depends on how you react to it. Yeah. Like when I first saw it, I was just like, this is insane. Like wow. how it's, how it's done. But, um, yeah. Yeah. So cure cure from Andrew Reitner. Well, I didn't make it, but well, I, I've seen it before. He recommended it to me. <laughs> And then the other movie that I uh, was was tasked with watching, which tasked, is, tasked, it was great, um, was Marked for Death. Uh, <laughs> who With I don't Steven remember the director Seagal. for. All I, I know is know that Steven Seagal is. Let me get a plot. Get a plot for it. So I chose this because, like, I knew that the movies that you guys were going to pick for each other were going to be as obscure as they are. <laughs> <laughs> so not necessarily obscure. obscure just like not like you can go pick the, up cure in barnes the, and noble right now off the beaten to. path i guess in movie discussions <clears throat> uh, marked for people. death 1990 starring steven seagal uh, a retired dea agent is out to hunt down and take out a jamaican drug posse that has targeted he and his family for murder they were marked for death yes so I'm going to let you guys kind of do this because I haven't seen this movie. I don't even know like when the last time I, I, I don't even know if I've seen the whole thing. I've, I, yeah. It's been over a year since I meant to but, rewatch my recommendations to you guys, but I just yeah. time got away from me. Um, I was out of town yesterday, so I didn't or else I would enough. have. <laughs> um, I have a hard time. Remember, like a lot of the Steven Seagal movies I've seen blend together. They're all kind of the same. Yeah. It's always him, like as some sort of cop or FBI yeah. agent. And he's like the most. He's the most strongest one yeah. ever. Like he's yeah. like no one can. That's fuck like a with running him. theme. Is that like Steven Seagal is like the best at everything? Yeah. Um, though I will say in this one, there's like a moment or two where he's actually somewhat in trouble. Mm-hmm. In a way, and a lot of the he Steven, lets he lets him get a he lets bit it of like like in this movie, Steven Seagal gets takes a couple of licks. <laughs> Um, and like, unless you've seen a lot of Steven Seagal movies, you, you might not quite understand, but like in a lot of them, Steven Seagal is just like, he's the, the best and no he, one can touch, no him. one can touch him. Um, in this movie, he actually gets roughed up a little bit, but not that much, you know? Um, one, I, I wrote down a couple of things about this movie just to remind myself because I do, uh, kind of get them confused. But, uh, the first thing I wrote down was what does Seagal have against the Jamaicans? <laughs> and why does he hate them so much? Well, they wanted to kill his family. Right? Well, yeah, yeah, but like he does like a fake like he's done like a fake accent in so many of the movies yes. where he just like talks in like a fake Jamaican accent or something yeah, I like don't, that. I don't, I don't know. Um, and so basically, in this movie, he the first part of the movie doesn't make. Like, I guess the only reason they had the first part of the movie in it, he's, like, on, like, an undercover assignment and one of his partners gets killed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess the only reason they have that in there is to explain why he retires and goes back home and is in the location. Because other than that, there's no reason for him... Yeah. There's no reason for that part of the movie to be in there. He could have just... They could have just started the movie with him being retired and at home. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess they had to show that he was a badass and that he <laughs> is willing to kill a naked woman who shot his partner um which was really cool um a lot of tits in this movie too but like i think that's kind of on the core like on like on the level for like a lot of these action movies like from the 80s to early 90s they all have like really pump up the sex appeal or like just sex or some version of like nudity or like because that's the, that's the other thing is that, you know, in the movie, this, like, one-off character who's this, like, uh, 
female detective for the FBI slash like contractor who knows a lot about like voodoo, mm-hmm. I guess, because voodoo plays a big part in this movie. Uh, a woman does a Santeria ritual during during it. Um, I actually watched it with a few friends, and while we were watching it, we did a uh, Santeria where we were singing uh, fake lyrics to Santeria. Uh, <laughs> I don't practice Santeria. I ain't got no crystal ball. I showed my tits on camera for Steven, Steven Seagal. Seagal. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that was great. Um, and also, like, they had these dudes playing. Jam- I don't think all the minority characters in here who were playing Jamaicans were actually Jamaicans because one of the guys was doing a Jamaican accent but he just sounded like a pirate (laughs) they talked like in a Jamaican accent but the lingo and the words they were using were like I was like you should be in a Pirates of the Caribbean movie Yeah. so they were and then there's this other part where um so Steven Seagal essentially like breaks up this bar shootout for the um Gangs, because there's a Jamaican gang and I guess a, a South American gang who are vying for territory in the drug drug community um, and wherever he is, and he breaks he captures one of the guys, hands him off to the police, and I guess that starts the vendetta of the Jamaican posse, as they call it. Um, that's what they call their gangs, according to... <laughs> according to Seagal. According to the Seagal. I gotta break up this pot. I gotta break up this pot. Well, no. <laughs> After this pot. first shootout, they bring in a reporter to do, like, a news story, and they just run it like an actual news... It's not, like, just a clip. It's like, she does, like, a full-ass take. Like, mm-hmm. she's... Um, which made the movie feel like it was, like, a Seagal trying to do a PSA on drug and gang yeah. violence in, Ca- <laughs> in California. Which is even weirder, because Seagal, later in his career, after his, like, movie career died out, did a TV show in which he was a... He did, like, a cop-style show. He did show. a cop-style show where he was an actual cop. Yeah, in, and like, went on ride-alongs or something. In Texas. Went on ride-alongs, or, or something like that. Right near near the, the Mexico border somewhere. Um, and did ride-alongs, but was dressed fully as a cop with a bulletproof vest and a gun in real life, arresting people and yeah. giving them speeding tickets. But he would do the show, and he would talk in the like... He'd be, he'd be like, what's going on, brother? He, he, what's going on, brother? <laughs> what's he going would, on, brother? Hey, brother, I get it, man. Say it, man. Say it, man. <laughs> yeah. You know, he'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. He'd be like, brother, oh, what's happening? But he would talk legitimately, <laughs> like, legitimately like that. Yeah. Um, so it's just he like would, he would also like not really do a lot of the work. Like no. the actual cops were doing the work, and yeah. he was like, "Yeah, you were under arrest. Yeah, you're you know, under you realize the, you realize these mistakes you made." It's very funny because like as an action star, quotation marks that I'm making with my fingers, um, he's like really soft spoken. Yeah, he kind of he just kind of well, talks like he's this. like a and he's, he's unflappable. He packs a punch. He packs a punch. He's he's a like he's a he's a black belt in like Aikido. Yeah. I never remember. Aikido. Thank you for remembering Aikido, which is a South Korean <laughs> martial art. He's anyways, he's well but trained. it's very funny that because I was listening to a, uh, a like podcast about him, and it was like the reason he got his start is because there's this big like talent agent back in the days. I can't remember his name. Who people knew was insane. Who he taught Aikido to, and apparently this guy was like. I gotta get you into the movies. Yeah. I gotta get you into the movies. And that's how he got to start. Um, though I will say, when his niece gets shot after this, his sister starts blaming him for it and losing her mind. And I'm kind of like, well, like, all he really did was break up, like, a 
bar shootout. Like, <laughs> why are you really blaming him for this? Like, really, your anger should be, uh, you know, somewhere else. Um, I remember I, ha- I wrote it down. Um, there's a line where where I think like a former FBI agent looks at him and goes, you know, your talent, your your ability, you know, it's in the blood, and he just it's in your blood. And Stephen Seagal looks at him and goes, well, if it's in the blood, I'll get a transfusion, <laughs> which is a terrible line. <laughs> he does not. He doesn't well, do if it's the, in the blood. If it's in the I'll get a transfusion. <laughs> He doesn't give any of his lines any like help at all. Yeah. It's like, always the same inflection. It's always the same inflection. You could be saying anything. You could be saying, but saying it like this. Like, hey, man. <laughs> I baked you cookies. Yeah. They're very and delicious. what's his name? His buddy in this movie, who's the football coach, is also the guy from Community. Um, Chevy Chase? No. <laughs> that, the black guy. Uh, that'd be a great buddy comedy. Uh, that would be Kim, a buddy uh, comedy. Kim. Very racist. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah. One of the other things that my friends and I, because I made a couple of friends watch this with me the other night, and you know, we started making fun of this as if it was a vampire movie. When the drug lord from Jamaica comes in, what was his name? I don't remember. You remember the main guy's name? The I main c- bad guy? I cannot. Screwface. Screwface. <laughs> That's it. I was Thank waiting you. for you to name drop the the main Screwface. Like... I literally couldn't. I mean, I enjoyed watching the movie, but I cannot remember his name. Um, but he has these obviously fake contacts. In. Yeah, they are so green that it looks like it. It looks like what they do with like all those other vampire movies, where like the denotation of the vampire or how you can tell someone's a vampire is because they have one physical trait that's like slightly too much or mm-hmm. off. And he has these green eyes that are just crazy. And he's practicing voodoo magic and like doing ritual killings. Um, like early in the movie, uh, he's in this sort of like territory feud with the South American other drug lord, and the drug lord, the other drug lord, goes and pays like a Santeria priestess or practitioner to do a like um, a like ritual against him, and then he gets her later and like ritually sacrifices, <laughs> sacrifice, sacrificially kills her. And it's like it's got like we we were just watching it as if it was a vampire movie. It's not. Um, and then you find out later that Screwface actually has a twin. Yeah. Later. There's a twist. There's a twist. <laughs> the twist is that uh, they found out after they killed the first one, right? Yeah. They kill the first one. They go to Jamaica with this Jamaican cop who's working with the FBI. Yeah, that's right. And Steven Seagal straight up beheads the guy. Yeah. It's he crazy. Fucking, he takes a, this guy's fighting him with a sword, and he like aikido grabs it, <laughs> like slices up through his crotch, and then pulls it around and just beheads him. Yeah, it's insane. He's just like a straight vigilante. Like Steven Seagal in this movie is retired supposedly, and he's just going around buying Uzis, Max Tens, submachine guns, and all this shit, and just like committing like <laughs> warfare in like suburban America yeah. and not getting in trouble for it at all even though everybody knows he's the one who's doing it because as is in every steven seagal movie he is the greatest who's ever done anything ever well, i'm a true american hero yeah i'm a true american hero you're the best who's ever been you can't leave me like this the president is promising success and the guy who's talking to him is like some fucking police dea precinct yeah guy not even the head guy just like <laughs> in his area boss like it's like the president is promising success i need you on this and it's just like dude your your aspirations are way greater than like your station at this point um 
and there's another line that he says uh, where he's like, you know, the screw face is like, you know, I am God or something like that, or I have God powers. And then Steven Seagal looks at him and goes, God made men. And then he kills him. <laughs> There's another line that Steven Seagal oh, drops, like while he's like, he's on like a stakeout. I'm trying to remember this line because it's absolutely insane. Oh, after he kills the first two, the, when he kills Johnny Fingers, and yeah. then he kills the other guy. Um, the other guy actually he doesn't kill, but he's like got him, and he's like actually Screwface has a thousand worse deaths, a thousand worse deaths waiting for me, and throws himself out of the window. And there's a part where Johnny Fingers is like, "You can't kill me," and stuff like that. And he gets back in the car, and he looks, at, and he asks, "Well, how did it go?" And he goes, "Well, one thought he was invincible, and one thought he could fly, and they're both wrong. They're both wrong. They're both wrong. They're both wrong. But like." One of the things about Steven Seagal is like he does Aikido, like Aikido, which you know your opinions on it don't, like don't really matter, but does not translate super well as like a very actiony martial arts. Because especially he's, now, especially now, because he's just grabbing the wrists and sort of flipping them, mm-hmm. and like all the action scenes and all of his movies are so weird. They're just so strange. There's like once where he's just pushing people around as he deals with them. It's they explode and they explode. <laughs> it's. Strange. It's a strange movie, um, and the reason it's called Mark for Death is because the uh, Screwface does a uh, Jamaican ritual, or well, not, but like voodoo magic to like mark his family for death, and that's where they get the title of the film. March for Death. There it is. So, wow. Yeah. You had a lot of feelings. You had a lot about on March for Death. You had more well, than I did. I need to. I want to rewatch. Like I want to watch all these movies that we. I think you about. thought about that more than you thought about Cure. I love <laughs> Cure, but Cure is like a much deeper. Yeah, it's more of a feeling. More almost. of a feeling movie. Yeah. I, I feel like I need to watch it again so I can kind of coalesce mm. my ideas about it a little bit more. But like, I don't. There's not. I don't know exactly how to describe everything. Like in in March for Death, it's like this happens. He says a stupid line. He talks <laughs> like this. It's a weird Steven Seagal movie. I wish I could remember the line that I'm thinking of. He's like <sighs> on a stakeout and like he like goes into someone's windshield and he says the most like insane thing that you can say to somebody yeah. I can't remember it I'll, I, if, yeah. I, if it comes to me I'll say yeah. it if not I'll look it up later so. and watch it but those are my movies um, Andrew yeah what did you have to watch for our little well, get together you know I was gonna like <clears throat> just not watch them but no I'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> like you were uh, you no know, you threatened to do that for um, tiptoes. tiptoes I said you have to watch this yeah um, you know, I was actually thinking about like what I was originally going to recommend you guys. Um, I thought of other shit after the fact. Well, I well, I just wanted to do ones that would like one torture Devin, and then two just <laughs> failed. Probably tortured Daniel. Well, no, because that was I was like I think he'll enjoy Face Off. But originally, I was like, what if I made him watch David Lynch's Inland Empire? Oh my god, I want to watch it. I love. Well, that I want to watch it with you. I have the I have the 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 new release of it. Let's make a date. Yeah. Kill three hours. Yeah. You won't believe. I. I you won't believe. Uh, but right before, right, I don't want you to look it up either. That's the thing. Well, no, I. I, I just know that it's a movie, and I know that it's a um, character trait in uh, Disco Elysium. Yes, that's right. Uh, yes, it yeah. is. But like, there's. I. I want I you know, to like. I can do a whole podcast about that game. Great game. <laughs> Sick game. Before in, before we watch Inland Empire, Devin, I think that I'm going to give you a sheet of paper and a pencil, and I want I want you to. Uh, well, Write down like five actors who you think might be in this movie. Okay. And see who should. I just want you to see if you can guess. Like, there's one actor in that movie that's like, I, 
it's unbelievable that he's in it. I think mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it just it like like just throws you I'll off guard. Like, oh, Inland Empire watch. Yeah, but uh, let's do it. Um, I wanted watch to sh- Inland Empire for you. Then I was going to recommend Daniel. Um, one of my favorite episodes of Star Trek the original. You series, talked to me about it. Uh, A Taste of Armageddon, mm. which. Uh, you know, I don't. Know if I don't think it's my favorite episode, but it's one of my. I've favorites. only seen a few, a uh, little bit of the original Star Trek series. The most of the ones that I've seen have come from the the Next Generation mm. with Patrick Stewart and. Uh, I've seen more of that as well. Yeah, which is a great show. Sure, but also one of my favorite Kirk speeches. Taste of Armageddon. We can admit that we're killers, but we're not going to kill today. That's all it takes. Knowing that we're not going to kill today. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, maybe we'll do that. That's some, just a whole Star Trek uh, thing. Because I, I originally wanted to do this because I wanted to talk about uh, Star Trek, but we're not doing that. So I had the watch. Tastes like tastes like Kentucky bourbon. Ew. Devin solid. just took a sip out of my bourbon bottle. It's a good bourbon. <clears throat> I had to watch. Uh, Devin, you show, gave me, dude, where's my car? <laughs> You're welcome. The dichotomy between it, it was the most. I'm, I'll tell you, it I, wasn't <laughs> the most jarring double feature I've ever partaken in, but it was pretty close. Like, I was looking on my shelf. I was like, "What movie on my shelf is?" Andrew I, th- not I think the most jarring double feature is when we did Schindler's List and Freddie got fingered. <laughs> yeah, oh. yeah, that was that my was God. one night. I forgot that we did that. <laughs> Whenever I've shown plenty of so people, I've shown plenty of people Freddy got fingered, and I always make sure it's the like one movie you're watching that night mm. because it's like you can't like I I can't imagine watching Schindler's List and that in the same <laughs> night. Jesus Christ! It was, it was a evening that never ended. Daddy, a good horse cock. <laughs> mm-hmm. Are you proud well, of me, Daddy? daddy. You proud, proud of, of me, me? Daddy? <laughs> proud. I th- my favorite joke is the the dad at the dinner table. Thank really. you. That was yummy. Thank you. That yeah, was yummy. yummy. I don't know what about that. <laughs> the kid that just kept getting hurt. It's <laughs> <laughs> um, a solid film. So I guess I'll start with Dude, Where's My Car? As a, that's what I watched first today. Uh, the thing is, I never really sought out a lot of these uh, comedies. Like when they were coming out, we never, my family, we never like watched them. And then, yeah. like, I just never really wanted to, like, watch them particularly. They I, were, I, like, they were kind of just in the, you know, I had cultural four, four older brothers that, right. were, you know, they had their movies and we'd I'd watch yeah. them with them and I'd felt like I was a real cool guy. We had my, a, my uncle that was also, like, yeah. close enough to consider, like, an older brother in that sense yeah. of what he showed me. Like, he showed me some of this stuff, yeah. too. But it yeah. was a similar situation for me. My friend Austin, who lived across the street, he had an older brother, Mike. And so he was an older brother, Mike. Yeah, o- older brother, Mike. And it would either be him or we would just, you know, take movies from Blockbuster. Nice. Because um, we were kids and didn't really understand the ramifications of stealing. But, um, yeah. like well, look what happened to Blockbuster. Yeah. So who won? Dude's wear my car. Dude, <laughs> dude wears my car, you know, Super Troopers, all that sort of. Yeah. Friday, Friday after next, yeah. all that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it it was interesting in the sense of like, you know, very much twenty four years ago, like the, yeah. itself. Like, um, I'm just gonna assume this is a movie that I'm the only person who hasn't seen it. 
<laughs> at this point, like I don't really have to go over anything. Like, like there was like so many like jokes in it where I was like, oh, okay, that's where that's from. Oh, okay, it's from this movie. Oh, okay, yeah. it's just people have been referencing it for so long. Drew Jacobs is here. Drew Jacobs. Drew, I'm talking. I've never seen uh, until today. I never saw. Dude, where's my car? <laughs> apparently, apparently, I'm loving that P code, dude. Looking fucking dapper, dog. Ooh, Drew's always dapper. But um, like, I, I I can appreciate that. Uh, there was way more to it than I initially thought I was going to get. Like, I just thought I was going to get like just a very uh standard uh Cheech and Chong Wayne's World sort of. Uh, extension, I mm-hmm. guess, and then of course with the the whole Zoltan <laughs> stuff was very unexpected, and uh, <laughs> I, so I have to give her props for that. Where it's yeah. just like, like you can only do so many vignettes of just like that. Like that's been a thing that's been done over and over again. It's like kind of hard to like you know expand on that. So I can real, I do really appreciate the whole uh, the what were they trying to find the 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 continuum transfusion. <laughs> like, <laughs> Just some made up bullshit and uh, Rubik's Cube, yeah, 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 right. And uh, I I was watching it, and I did like take note that like it it had like a look that was very like familiar to me for some reason. I couldn't really pinpoint why until I found out the director of photography was Robert Stevens, who did the Naked Gun trilogy. Mm -hmm. Which I didn't know that. (laughs) uh, I'm not saying like those movies were like you know. Those movies are better. I'm just gonna oh yeah, I, I I do like the Naked oh, Gun more than this, but um, like yeah, it's not a contest. I don't think it's just like the like how some of the bits were shot, like what what things were being focused on itself. Uh, like my favorite joke in the whole movie actually is when they start the journey and they go walking and they're like, I'm tired of walking. And then the camera cuts and it shows that they were only like a few feet away from the house, <laughs> but they don't really like reference that. Yeah. Uh, that's like, that felt like a very naked gun joke. Um, think about Robert uh, Stevens is he also, uh, was a DP on two movies it came out in 1986 and it was, uh, for the uh, wonderful world of Disney. And, uh, one of those was Mr. Boogity. Oh, for real. And the other one, <laughs> he shot was Fuzzbucket. I, I made Jen watch Fuzzbucket after that night. Yeah. I have yeah. been hearing tale of Fuzzbucket from your significant other, Andrew. Oh, yeah. I love the Fuzzbucket. I've se- I I think that's the movie I've seen the most, but I don't know if it really counts because it's only like 45 minutes. It's a, It should have been. They should have full sent it and just made a whole show. Like when Disney it. Plus came out, I did watch it like 20 times. It <laughs> was, was that like, one of the ones that Podcast the Ride talked about? They said everyone used to throw off the algorithm and watch Fuzzbucket and Mr. <laughs> Boogity. <laughs> I guess, yeah. Um but yeah, I guess I like I didn't love Dude Where's My Car. Maybe because it's just like you know <laughs> I I don't have like any nostalgia for it, so I was just like seeing this for the first time as a twenty five year old man and just sort of like in the year twenty twenty four and like you know, I don't know. Like but I, I still understand why why it was such a big deal because it really was i mean for this kind of like dumbass movie mm-hmm. it did yeah. d- do very well and like stayed in like the the, the zeitgeist for it's, a yeah. long time it kind of like it was one of those movies um like when i was a kid like anchorman where like once a few people like a few 
kids I was friends with had seen it. Everybody eventually saw it. And it was like not a day went by without somebody someone making an anger man yeah. joke. And then and oh yeah, and, and then, then and then and it was Would constant. you please stop oh, saying oh. and then? And I was delighted by Brent Spiner. That's right. I, I he he shows up as the French guy. Yes. Uh and of course he 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 was data on Star Trek the Next Generation. Um but uh See, there's your Star Trek for yeah, you. Yeah, so I got a little bit of Star Trek. You're welcome. In, in You're it. welcome. Uh so I I, I yeah. remembered that and that's why. I, I thought that. he was very funny. Huh. I thought Andy Dick was pretty funny too. Yeah. Uh, in the in the cage. But um probably on drugs. I got to rewatch it. I had It was funny it that Brent time. Spiner. I haven't watched it in a long time either. Let's watch let's double feature Dude Where's My Car <laughs> Inland Empire. <laughs> Inland Empire. Uh, we might be a little tired after Inland Empire. We'll I thought it was Dude funny first. that a Star Trek actor was holding someone in a cage. Because <laughs> <Yeah. clears throat> of the cage. But anyways. Uh and then Daniel, you recommended uh, Chung King Express to me as well. My favorite movie, probably. Yeah, go ahead and talk about your favorite movie of all time. I'd like to hear what you think about it. Why don't you give us a plot synopsis? Yeah, I'll do the plot synopsis. I didn't need to do one for Dude Where's My Clark. There's not a whole, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, Chung King Express, 1994. Dude, where's my train? <laughs> <laughs> two melancholic hunking, uh, hunking, hunk, Hong Kong policemen fall in love. One with, one with a mysterious female underworld figure, the other with a beautiful and ethereal waitress at a late night restaurant he frequents. Um, so, I've never seen a uh, uh, Wong King Wai. Wong Kai Wai. Wong Kai Wai. Wong Kar Wai. Wong Kar Wai, rather. Sorry. See, because that's how I'm, I've only known about In the Mood for Love and uh, Chung King Express for a while. But... Uh, the only thing I really knew about this movie was that there's like two narratives and like, I guess my expectations for that were like, they were going to be like the way people talked about it was like, is these very two very different like narratives. And I guess like they're different, but they're like connected, like obviously by the midnight express restaurant. Yeah. Obviously by like, you know, the, the being policemen and, uh, you know, there were the, the the problems with the relationships and whatnot, but uh, Daniel, this is a this is a fucking great, this is a great movie. I it's mean, a fucking sick like, movie. You kind of have to like you don't really have to wrap your head around like what's going on specifically in the story because I, it's like just so well made. Like there's the uh, the um, what's it called the the step is it step frame. In the beginning, where it's like the slow motion type yeah, thing, yeah, it's like a slow motion, sh- lower frame yeah. rate um, shot. He uses that in a few of his movies, and okay. it's one of my favorite like cinematic techniques yeah. that he uses. Yeah, um, I like the first half, like of the uh, of the movie is the one story, of course, with yeah. uh, the 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 one policeman with the pineapples. Yeah, and the the lady involved with like the drug trade, and she's like a femme fatale who finally gets like uh, her revenge on. Um, it's like kind of it's it's a little messy on who the guy exactly was. He's I, like an expat slash yeah. foreigner who has gotten her into doing this drug trade. Okay, and like from what I under this is just my own personal interpretation. They were kind of in love slash right. yeah fucking. Yeah. Um she was in love with him and um 
she's kind of fucked up this deal because uh, the people that she's given the drugs to to smuggle disappear yeah. with all the drugs. And he and the guy that she's in love with is kind of kind of puts a hit out on her essentially, unless yeah. she gets all the money back. Yeah, and it's it's this very like uh, noiry sort of feeling. It's it's this very meat force meat cute, of course, between uh, you know the the one policeman who has had been recently broken up with by his uh, girlfriend, but. He wanted to uh, sort of reject that idea as much as like saying like, oh, well, it happened on April 1st, so it must have been a prank. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, the, 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 the countdown he had with the pineapples and constantly checking his pager and his, and his voicemail. Um, and it's sort of like these, these people living in this very artificial world and wanting something authentic inside of it. Uh, you know, even with like how these like kind of big moments, like him being rejected, like uh, over voicemail, or no, he calls like someone and they were like yeah. remarried, and 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 he puts like the he's bright, like going through old people he knew, yeah, and he puts like the bright like Coca Cola McDonald's lights like yeah. right next to that in the frame, and so there's that. Uh, the first time I thought that, like I was really enjoying it, and then I was like, this is pretty good. And then when it switches, when when uh, Tony Huang, Tony Lung, Tony Lung rather, uh, it was in Shang Chi, The I, Five Rings. I know him from uh, Infernal Affairs. Yes. So, uh, when he walks across the street into that Chungi Express, into the restaurant, and his like mm-hmm. eyes meet the lit, like that's like. Like that guy is so fucking cool. Like he's he just so cool. Like he just looks so handsome and cool. And like this is like this is I guess probably the this this is like a whole hour. The first section is about forty minutes. This is the rest of the hour is the, this story between uh this policeman and then uh the, the waitress Fei Wong. Um and uh it's he he had a relationship with a stewardess he she went away he ended up receiving this like dear john letter and he like refused to read it and it's it's a very much there's this really cool moment where everyone in the restaurant had she had dropped off the letter there at the restaurant and everyone in the restaurant ended up reading the letter before him so he comes to uh he was going to pick up the letter but he kind of refuses it and everyone's just kind of like very tense about it and like laughing sort of yeah um, but there's this cool moment where, you know, he, she like calls him back to get the letter and, you know, you can kind of like just see like this blur of people outside Yeah, and you can hear a plane take off. Mm-hmm. It's like so fucking cool how they oh, did that. And it's almost like there is like the point in the movie where they're talking about like the people you run into on the street, like you never, you might know them someday. That's in the first part where he is like, yeah, the closest I've ever been. He's talking about, um, the first cop is talking about when he first meets the woman that he kind of gets infatuated with after his breakup. And he's like, this is the closest we had been before this was, you know, uh, like one foot away. Cause he kind of bumps into her while he's chasing another person. Yeah. There, there, that, that that first half is about the people who like are doing like these sort of like super heavy like you know these very actiony activities and and running around and chasing and a lot of movement and then 
The second half, which I found more interesting, is about the people they're like running past in a way, like yeah. the people who are more still. And and th- th- there's another. Uh, there's actually a really cool uh, shot. I think they do the the what, what I call it. I forget the slow motion thing. Yeah. But he's like completely still in like the foreground. Yeah. And then everyone else in the background is like moving, moving past like, them. So yeah. So I thought that was very cool. Um, th- this is something I, I'm gonna have to like watch more just because I feel like there's. Uh, a, there's a there's lot, a of, lot, to a see lot of thought put into it, I yes. think. And um, I don't, and again, like it's not something that like I really have to think too much about the story, it's just sort of kind of there, yeah. Um, but there's a lot to see, yeah. There's definitely, I kind of want to watch it without like subtitles, maybe, yeah. When, when I get like the, the whole thing, like kind of like internalized, yeah. Um, and I guess another scene I'd like to point out is when he initially, you know, Fei Wong goes away and she becomes a stewardess as well. Yeah. Uh, she, she leaves him a letter and he thinks it's another like Dear John letter and he just yeah. wants to like not be around with it. And then he like throws it away and it gets all wet and then he finally gets it, yeah. like takes it back out of the trash and he has to like. He can't read it. He like slowly has to like open it and it's because it's like his last communication with this person he kind of really cares about. And he can't read it because if, it's if he, Yeah, if he destroys it, then it's gone forever. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, no, I've... This, yeah. Uh, the great, colors great in movie. the movie. Yeah, also that too. It just uh, looks great. I love, like, how well-designed that apartment is. Yeah. As far as, like, where things yeah. on the wall are and how it can bounce around the, the light and that big... That big... Uh, <clears throat> the window looking out yeah, towards over the, the escalator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because it's really interesting. It's it's really interesting for me because in the movie, he it comes, it, it kind of like reverses roles in the second part because originally she's kind of chasing him in a way. Like sure, Faye yeah, Long yeah. is kind of chasing. Like, breaking into his apartment. Breaking into his apartment, cleaning it. Yeah. She floods it by accident. <laughs> right. Um, he finds out she's there, and that's how they. Come. But she's like chasing him in a relationship, and then by the time he realizes that he wants a relationship with her, she's become a stewardess and is flying off to wherever. Um, and then in the end, she comes back, and he's taken over her job at. The, he's bought the Chunking yeah, yeah, Express. Yeah. yeah. And she's like, "Well, why didn't you ever contact me or whatever?" And he shows her a letter that it's all completely destroyed, essentially. And he couldn't have read whatever it was. Well, like, it looked like a boarding pass, kind yeah. of. Like a fake boarding pass. Yeah. yeah. And he couldn't read it. So, And then um, he's like, you know, I'll go wherever you want to take me. Yeah. Spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> I mean, you don't really, you can't really be like spoiled. It's not like a like, movie you can spoil even with the plot. Yeah. Because all the enjoyment comes from just like actually watching it. Which is like one of my favorite things in like a movie is where like even like... The plot's amazing, in my opinion, but, like, even if you tell someone the plot, they will never get out of the movie what you can get out of the movie without watching it. Mm. Not to mention they play a certain song. Yeah, California Dreaming was stuck in my head. (laughs) Uh, And it, like, it really, like, it doesn't grain on you, but it, it, like, they use it a lot. You notice it. Yeah. Like, oh so good yeah. and that scene where he's like running the airplane over the original Jesus. stewardess's body yeah like when he's like you know when they're together oh it's so good tony long is such a handsome man good guy yeah. he really is so. yeah that's one of my favorite movies of all time 
Um, it's a lot about finding your place in the world, finding like what your purpose is, sort of finding people that you can be close to, especially in Hong Kong where there's so many people. Um, you know, and actually finding a connection with other people, it's really beautiful. Um, I really recommend people watch it. Me too. Me too. Yeah. All right. I can't so, wait for you to watch more Wong Kar Wai movies. I'm excited. I'm going to go th- start from the beginning. Yeah. What do you rate? What do you rate Chunking Express? Uh. Or do you want to wait till you see it again? I'm, I might watch it again. Right now, I guess I would throw. Don't get mad, but a four and a half. Fair. Coward. Out of what? Just five. I'm oh, doing okay. like the letterbox yeah. thing. Well, it's... I always have to double my letterbox to like make the because like make the score makes. Sense. I think it could like. The first half is just not as strong as like the rest, like that second hour. I, I, I at least I, I think it'll be interesting once you watch Fallen Angels, mm-hmm. um, to see where you put it. Okay, be interesting. I think. I'm very glad that I could throw my movies in the mix of what you guys recommended to each other. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe we'll do it again. Let's sure. do it again. And I'll throw. I'm going to throw Andrew something a little more. Oh, actiony. Maybe actiony, but a little more fast paced. I'll try to find another comedy that Andrew hasn't watched. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. You've seen basketball? <laughs> I've seen that on parts of it on TV. There's seen they Orgasmo. I haven't seen Orgasmo. Uh, they're both Trey Parker, Matt Stone movies. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Have you seen How High or Half Baked? Half Baked, I've seen. I haven't I, seen How High. Half- Half Big sounds familiar. I don't think I've seen it. Is it Dave Chappelle? Who else is in it? I can't remember. There's also a Dave Chappelle, uh, Norm MacDonald movie. Uh, I forgot what it was called. We've all seen Dirty Jobs, right? The Norm MacDonald Dirty Work? Yeah. Dirty Work. Yeah. Sorry. Dirty Jobs. Dirty Jobs, a TV show. Mike Rowe. What if Norm MacDonald hosted that show? (laughs) That'd be way better. (laughs) Hey, this is really dirty. Hey, uh, that looks like shit. shit. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, how much do they pay you to play this shit all day? That sucks. (laughs) Sucks. You should try comedy instead. Have you ever gambled away all your life savings before on a basketball game? I forgot who was talking about that. They said, oh, it was probably Conan O'Brien. He's like, yeah, I walked in on Norm MacDonald in like the dressing room like before he was on my show. And I was like, you okay? He's like, yeah, I just lost a lot of money. And he was watching like a WNBA game. <laughs> <laughs> or not even not even that. It was like college. GD it was like a college game. Like yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm. Funny. Norm MacDonald, famous gambler. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was, that was the rec room. For this evening, the rec room. Yeah, the rec room. Oh, yeah. that's how you described us. What yeah. the fuck? What do I call the episode? The yeah, rec- the recommendation rec- room. Yeah. Oh, recommendation. I was like, what the fuck, rec? Yeah, okay. you see, I like see it. I rec there? room, the recovery room in Charleston, South Carolina, which is the number one distributor of PBR in the nation. I we've, we've been there. Oh, we did go. I've there, been didn't there. We? They have that. Homes. They have that. They have a. Co- I, the only thing I remember is a someone like painted a copy of the George Perez cover of. New Teen Titans and it looked very uh, off. Mm. So uh, that's right. Yeah, we did stumble yeah. in there one day when we were killing time before a gig. Mm. Nice. Yeah. Was well, that it, guys? Have anything intelligent to say? I never do. No, I'm Daniel? not very intelligent. Thanks for uh, hanging out again. Always. Daniel. I'll hang out as much as we want yeah. to talk. Drew, about do you have anything again. to say? Drew just Lisa watched Frankenstein last night. It's delightful. Nice. Lisa Frankenstein. Weird movies are back. 
<laughs> I didn't uh, know they left. Shout out to some movies I've watched recently. Uh, Godzilla minus one in black and white. Very good. I watched. Killer. I loved it. It was I so good. Fucking killer. Dude. What was it? They called it Godzilla minus, minus one, one minus, minus color. color. Yeah, yeah. It was great. It was so good. Um, movies coming up. I want to see Dune Part Two. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I gotta watch the first one. It was really good. <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Hey, what you doing? What are you doing yeah. to that popcorn bucket? I'm eating it. Um, what are you doing to that popcorn bucket? <laughs> hey, there's something inside this popcorn bucket. You want to see? Yeah, absolutely. It's at the very bottom. Stick your hand in. <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta really get it. Yeah. It's like way at the bottom. Can we get some of my spice? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, I'm gonna get the fuck out of here now because, uh, you know, that's it. We don't have to read the shows. We only have to do the shows. Yeah. It's great. That's good. You should do that more often. So, yeah. Can't uh, wait to. Yeah, well, you know. Yeah, we did the, it earlier. The, the Blue show. Apron. Oh, yeah. If you want to check out my stuff, uh, you can find me on Instagram at Poptimism with two P's. It's P-O-P-P-T-I-M-I-S-M. Do you have the Poptimism Twitter? Yes, I do. That's me. Well. I couldn't tell if it was you or not. That's but, also me. But okay. I hardly ever use it. Because it's got it doesn't have a picture that like riz, like I, it does not look like your account. I thought we were just no, tagging it's someone definitely different. Mine. <laughs> I just used to use my Twitter more for like when I had intrusive thoughts that I didn't want to say to people that I knew. That's fair. That's what Twitter's for. So I that's think. what I would use it for. Hmm. Yeah. Andrew has uh tagged my Twitter account before on some stuff, so that's why I asked. Cause like, this is not. Is this Daniel? Is this actually <laughs> that's Daniel? Me. That's me. Yeah, it's very different. Mm. Something completely different. Monty Python. <laughs> all right, so you gotta follow at Windley underscore Band all the socials and uh, and uh, that's it. Yeah, follow it? Uh, Ladle underscore yeah. Vice. Yeah, Drew and uh, at Drew Jacob sings. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Drew Jacobs in the studio. Rock and roll. All right. Goodbye.